You're listening to Positively Anti-Inflammatory, the show for people just like you who want to keep inflammation down and your spirits up. I'm your host, Alyssa Abrahamson, functional nutritional therapist and wellness coach. Today and every Wednesday, I'm here to be your coach and your guide as I offer insightful ways for you to lead a positively anti-inflammatory life. Hello and welcome to episode 122. Today we're talking about emotional eating. So I have a question for you. When I say emotional eating, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? (sighs) So eating is emotional. And Using food to cope with emotions isn't inherently bad, as many of us think it is. Food and eating have so much meaning. We we eat for celebrating. We eat to comfort ourselves during times of sadness. We associate special foods with holidays and You know, even smelling foods that we love or that are familiar to us from our childhood can stir up wonderful emotions and memories. And of course, food and eating provide sustenance and nourishment, but food also plays a huge role in our social and emotional lives. And and eating, as we all know, can bring us joy and pleasure and connection and create memories. So yes, eating and food are emotional, but the term emotional eating, do you agree with me what I'm about to say? It's pretty much always referred to as some like a negative thing. So I think it's important to recognize that if we do pathologize emotional eating, and if we only, you know, view emotional eating that that means that you know we have no self-control or that we are somehow doing you know it wrong you know if we emotionally eat and then you know we shame ourselves and you know all of this is just is not helpful and quite frankly we are off the mark so today we're not discussing why emotionally emotional eating is wrong you know or if you do it i'm not going to give you tips on how to stop emotional eating but rather my intention with this podcast is to open the discussion. So the open discussion, explore emotional eating and view it from a different perspective than what our society and diet, you know, um, just all that crap around our thoughts about, um, I guess, diet culture, you know, has really inf- influenced us to in the ways we we think about emotional eating. So if you have ever felt guilt or shame or lack of lack of control with eating, or if you've called yourself an emotional eater and felt badly about it, please stop. Okay, please stop. And let's just take some time here to reflect and consider and reconnect with ourselves so you can support and empower yourself in a more loving way. So I Googled emotional eating and just like, there's so many damn articles on this and essentially all, you know, with the headlines that are stigmatizing 
emotional eating. You know, how to stop emotional eating, struggling with emotional eating, taking control of emotional eating, break the bonds of emotional eating, emotional eating, how to cope. And it just, you know, just more and more articles, you know, the list goes on. So it's, you know, there's this derogatory label and tone associated with emotional eating, like it's a sign of weakness or a severe problem, you know, deficit that needs to be fixed. But the truth is food is emotional. Food is emotional. Eating is emotional. Eating is emotional. And we are, we are emotional beings. (laughs) Pretty much everything that we do in some way is driven by emotions. And the vast majority of our eating is emotionally driven. So I just, it's like, think about this. It's like, why do we think eating without emotion is even possible or desirable? Okay, so before we go into this further, let's first define emotional eating. So emotional eating is when people use food as a way to cope with feelings and emotions and situations. And generally, people generally think of emotionally emotional eating as a way to escape, to numb or soothe painful or uncomfortable emotions like stress or fear or boredom or frustration, loneliness, grief, sadness. So it's totally understandable that people feel distressed about eating emotionally. But let's just ask why. So our society and diet culture has has convinced us that if we turn to food when we are sad or when we're stressed, then we're not doing it right. That we're not eating, you know, the healthy way. And you know, these messages that we receive, you know, like, you know, watch, you know, watch what you eat and we're encouraged to be careful about, you know, your food choices. We're told that food should be used for, you know, fuel for our body. And we should be eating only in response to hunger and fullness. And and that's something to strive for. And we're taught to fear weight gain. And that if we emotionally eat, then we have no self-control. And then we'll gain weight. And we're told that if we have a bad or stressful day, we should go for a walk or drink a glass of water or do deep breathing exercises instead of eating some ice cream. And, you know, these messages from our society and from diet culture have been, they they just, just these messages, any kind of message like that has been so damaging. And I'm here to just explore this with you and, and assure you that, you know, eating food for comfort or for celebration or attaching emotion with it isn't inherently wrong or bad or unhealthy. And (laughs) pathologizing emotional easing, pathologizing emotional eating is not helpful. Eating is emotional and we all do it. We all do it and that's okay. So go back and listen to episode 93, Food is More Than Fuel. So I'm going to ask you, have you ever eaten to cope <laughs> to, to help you help you deal with uncomfortable or intense emotions? Have you ever felt lonely, you know, or stressed and make 
cookies to feel better? Have you ever gotten home from work and you were overwhelmed and exhausted and you ate a bag of chips on the couch to decompress and just totally tune out? Most most likely the answer is yes. These are completely normal human responses to dealing with emotions. And it really is acceptable to soothe emotions with food. We all do it. But where it gets tricky is if we subscribe solely to the idea that emotional eating is bad and then we feel guilty or ashamed when we emotionally eat because then this reinforces and even intensifies those negative feelings or emotions that you may have been trying to curb in the first place. So if you're reaching for food when you're overwhelmed or anxious and then you feel badly about yourself or you feel like you're doing something wrong, what happens? You're most likely making it worse for yourself. You're adding more stress or more anxiety. And I just, I want to remind you about two things. Awareness and choice. Awareness and choice. Okay, so... First awareness. So it's it's like it's so critical for you to you know for you to be have this relationship with food and eating and and have awareness around your relationship with food and eating. So if you recognize that you are constantly avoiding feelings by eating and if you are eating as a way to numb out If you are turning to food every single time a difficult or uncomfortable emotion comes up, this is a sign that there's an underlying issue that needs to be addressed. And I encourage you to please, please reach out to a counselor or a therapist who specializes in disordered eating and get the support you you need. There is an amazing organization. It's called the National Eating Disorder Organization. It's a great database and resource. resource. It's it's nationaleatingdisorders.org. So it's it's at first it's that awareness. It's really understanding like yes, emotional eating is natural. This is we are humans, we are emotional beings. We do this. But if it's if you are recognizing and you have this awareness that it is something that this is what you constantly do and you turn to food every single time, then there's an underlying issue that we really we need to explore and address. And second is choice. So once we have cultivated awareness, we're more able to make intentional decisions about eating and food. So when you bring some intentionality to eating emotionally, you're actually more likely to savor your food and the experience of eating it. And if you make that intentional decision to soothe with food, then there's a good chance that you're going to, it'll actually help you feel better. You know, just so if you're like, oh my God, I just had the shittiest day. I am so pissed. I'm going to go to Whole Foods and get a piece of cake. And I'm going to eat this cake and it's going to, you know, help me feel better. And I want to just be really intentional about this and it's going to be great. And you just enjoy it and there you go. So that is one way to create intention around it versus numbing out and and unconscious eating. You know, if if 
if the emotional eating is reactive or impulsive and the your eating is you know unconscious and you're and you're disconnected from yourself and you're discon- and it's and it's a way of disconnecting from your emotions like this detachment and um you know you're disconnected from the food as a coping me- mechanism again you're more likely to feel worse than you did in the first place so there's this opportunity that we have to create awareness and then there's choice So again, if this is something that you're feeling you need support with, I encourage you to please, there are so many amazing people that are there to help support this. And, you know, another piece of emotional eating that we need to acknowledge (laughs) is if you have a history of dieting or food restriction, then you may feel out of control with food and eating at times. So, you know, this might not you know, necessarily be because you're dealing with an uncomfortable emotion or situation in the moment, but rather because, you know, you're dieting or you have a history of that in your in your thoughts and in your mindset, you know, or, you know, you're hungry or you have certain expectations of yourself or you may have been depriving yourself of certain foods. And so you simply might not be getting out enough nutrients. So then you aren't satisfied, you're not satiated, and then you're living in in hunger mode. That can happen so often. Oh my God, I've experienced that so much in my teens and my 20s. And, you know, dieting and eating disorders and food restrictions and and just basically at some point, you know, if if you do like if you have that history of it, even if it's not a part of your life now, and there is a history of that, and there is some just thoughts um, and some mindset stuff around, you know, issues around around food and eating, then at some point you might eat beyond comfortable fullness, and then you might label so- yourself as an, as eating emotionally, and then you might feel shame or guilt that you couldn't stick, you know, with your diet or your food plan or what you know, you used to do or, you know, oh, I used to be able to control myself or, you know, and that just sucks. It sucks. And so if this strikes a chord, please, please consider how this is affecting your health, your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, and just your overall well-being. And, you know, going back to that awareness piece, making sure that you are finding support to help you get out of that emotional eating shaming cycle. So our relationship with food and eating is complex. It can be complex. I've said this many times in the podcast. And you are so worthy and deserving of having a healthy and harmonious relationship with, with eating and with food and with yourself. And I I am encouraging you to become more aware and mindful of the beliefs and the thought patterns you have around eating. And then if you're recognizing that a change needs to be made, making that choice, literally prioritizing yourself and your health. So you can let go of any old thoughts or beliefs that may be limiting you or keeping you stuck and preventing you from feeling well and 
You know, it's just, it is so much healthier to address any emotional eating concerns rather to ignore them. I know it can be really tricky. I have so been there and thank God I have worked through it, but it can be really, really tricky and hard. I've just talked a lot. I mean, it's such a... It's just it's such a huge, huge topic, our relationship with food. And um, I did episode uh, 25, Becoming Friends with Food. You might want to go back and check that out. So, you know, if you do identify as an emotional eater and just know that you're not wrong, <laughs> you're not bad, you're not failing at self-control, This is emotional eating is literally just a stigma, you know, whether that's from diet culture or our society or, you know, a weight stigma that's influencing your, you know, beliefs about things about yourself. And, you know, when we talk about holistic wellness and we talk about healing, healing isn't about healing isn't about controlling yourself from stopping the emotional eating. Healing isn't this, it's about settling in and learning to connect with yourself, get in touch with yourself. Healing is this ongoing process that happens when you're, when you're cultivating and you're learning how to trust yourself and learning to listen to your body. And healing happens when we recognize that emotional eating is normal and it's natural and that we are emotional beings. And what if instead of worrying about emotional eating, you gave yourself permission to eat what feels good and nourishing to you? There's no reason to feel ashamed or guilty about eating for comfort or pleasure or enjoyment. And when we, you know, when we try to be so rigid and separate, you know, food from emotions, it can leave us even more anxious or stressed out. So another podcast episode to go back and listen to is episode 107, Mindful, Intuitive, and Intentional Eating, What's the Difference? What if you gave yourself permission to explore foods without guilt and discover ways of eating that are most supportive for you physically and emotionally? I have changed my diet (laughs) so much over the past, you know, about five years ago after I went to nutritional therapy school and opened up my diet and, and eliminated some things that were causing inflammation. And I just, I just have to tell you that I, yes, I do have a lot of dietary restrictions and foods that are not helpful for my digestion and gut health and inflammation, rheumatoid arthritis. But I've opened my, my, this awareness has opened my, I've opened up my palate. I've opened up my relationship with food and it is so healthy now. And it used to not be healthy. So I just, if you're in a place where you're really struggling, like I totally understand and I would love to help you. And you know, you can 100% eat a nourishing and nutritious diet and also eat for comfort. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be one or the other. 
eating can bring so much enjoyment and pleasure and satisfaction. And that's an integral component of, of, cultiva- of cultivating a harmonious relationship with food, with eating with yourself. And that's it. Eating is emotional. We could talk on and on and on. (laughs) And I appreciate you so much for tuning in and joining me today. And every time you listen, I'm just so grateful for you. And if you do need guidance and support with cultivating a harmonious relationship with eating and with your body and with yourself, let's talk. This is what I help people do. And in my experience, navigating health and healing is always best done with a partner and with an advocate. And that's where I come in. I've been where you are, and I'd love to help you. So I offer free initial consultation wellness coaching calls. So let's connect. Let's talk. You can reach me and set that up emailing me directly, info at thewellnessheadquarters.com. You can also visit my my website the wellness headquarter the wellnessheadquarters.com and explore that and then you can reach me through there too and i look forward to hearing from you and meeting you and connect and connecting and chatting and until next week say something nice to yourself slow down when you eat and say yes to rest Hey, if what you're hearing resonates with you, I created a free resource just for you, Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide. To get your free copy, head over to guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com. That's guide.thewellnessheadquarters.com to receive your free Anti-Inflammatory Living, The Essential Guide.